0: This is Amber. And
1: this is Shannon.
0: And you're listening to Twin, Twin Beats, the Chicken Fanatics Podcast.
1: It's fucking great. Just like to start the episode today by saying. We really appreciate you guys taking your time to tune in and listen to the show. Amber and I really enjoy doing this, but you know, having you guys there is what makes it different than Amber and I sitting here talking to ourselves, which is what we do all the time <laughs> anyway. So thanks for being there, guys. Yeah. We hope you're having as much fun, at least as much fun as we are.
0: Thank you for all your support and all your contributions on our facebook page we love hearing what you have to say oh so
1: fun the stuff seeing, you guys post
0: seeing what you enjoy so i yes, we we enjoy it just as so much as you do so thank you so much
1: yeah and on that note um we'd like to say that we're sorry for missing last week i'm sure some of you noticed that there was no podcast last week and well you know life just gets crazy sometimes um We did finally get carpet in our house, and we got a bed, finally, because we didn't want to move in the bed until we got the carpet, because beds are big, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, so we had to skip a podcast, but life is coming along fine, and we're not planning on missing any anytime soon. No,
0: we try to avoid it unless, you know, things just sometimes get really
1: we warned you. Really we crazy. warned you. So, I think I think missing one week is pretty good for buying right. a house, moving.
0: Yeah. Chaos. I think so. And that's not the only thing that's been going on. Chicken so. chaos. <laughs> yes.
1: Um so anyway, yeah, back to chickens. Um why don't we talk about what's happened?
0: Th- yeah, there's some really some fun chicken updates and, you know, there's a sad chicken update too. We mm. um I think last episode I talked about how I had taken Abigail's body to UC Davis for a necropsy to Uh, find out why she had Uh, passed away. This
1: happened recently, yes.
0: Yes. And the report came back and they um, said it was probably Merrick's disease, which was a surprise.
1: Do you remember specifically what the symptom was that caused them to determine that?
0: So the thing that made them feel very strongly that it was Merrick's, although there isn't a real test for it, was they, they said there were dense lymphocytic cuffs around the vessels in the meninges. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I think it's it's like a sheath or something that kind of encapsulates the brain and spinal um spinal yeah. cord and, and nerves and things the like nerves that all
1: have this sheathing around them that protects them
0: yeah so you know what that is then so it says the cuffs are most compatible with merrick's disease it says that the um even though the bird was vaccinated there are some cases of vaccine failure with merrick's uh it says no lead was detected avian flu is negative and um yeah they they said although it it wasn't presenting as full merics like Mm full-blown they said that it could have because she was vaccinated it could have suppressed the um progression of the disease somewhat Uh
1: so Um, she was vaccinated and got it anyway
0: at least we think so i mean there might be other things that would cause the symptoms that she's having but i actually asked them If there were other um, diseases that might be responsible for that. Yeah. Because I had noted that none of the other birds were sick. It was just her.
1: Well, they were all vaccinated, too.
0: Yeah. And and she said that... Which people ought
1: to think about for a second. Yeah. Like, one of our birds got a disease, Mm -hmm. and the rest didn't die because they were vaccinated.
0: Yeah, if if they weren't... Because that
1: disease spreads... It would have spread. ...easily and has, like, a very very high lethality rate
0: yeah I think it's like 70 percent or something so some birds will live but it's a high mortality rate Uh,
1: when I read it about it and that was a couple of years ago Uh I seem to remember it being much higher but like like basically kiss all your birds goodbye yeah except for maybe a couple if you have a lot of them kind of thing. but I could be remembering wrong so, yeah. Uh, let's just say between seventy and my guess was about ninety ninety five percent. So it kills almost all your birds.
0: Yeah, and one of the reasons that I thought it wasn't Merix was because of the the neck thing. But yeah, uh, apparently I researched more, and in some cases of Merix, they have neck paralysis, mm-hmm. which would cause that. Not all cases. There is different ways that the disease presents, so it can. Um, affect the bird differently but it's the same uh virus that's causing it um but but abigail did not lose all control of her legs which classic merrick's um they become completely paralyzed in the legs is the main symptom so i that's why i uh you know i just didn't know what was happening with her
1: yeah Yeah, well, so good thing you took her in after all. Yes. Yes. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter in terms of um, us being able to do anything, but it's interesting to note that the bird got one of those diseases that you read about, you know? Yeah. Which is sad, but...
0: And she was my favorite little sweetheart. Yeah, why the favorite one? Such a bummer that... The one I felt so connected to, just very sweet bird, unlucky fate.
1: You could tell she had a winning disposition from the beginning. It's, and temperament is you know, when you breed birds, that's something you breed for too. Mm-hmm. I always kept the nice ones,
0: and I have two of that breed, and she, sorry to say, but outshines the other one by far in temperament. <laughs> so it was a thing particular yeah. to her individual personality, yeah, yeah not just yeah. her breed.
1: So well. But there's other things. Life goes on. What else have we been doing? Okay, so let's see, folks. (laughs) Um,
0: Oh, gosh. The other chicken.
1: No, I want to.
0: The other chicken? The gray one that we had to bring here to quarantine.
1: Oh, goodness gracious. So I'll start with that story, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So I heard a commotion. And having heard many a chicken commotion in my time of chicken wrangling, I recognized the sound as being a particular kind of chicken commotion that means jump up and run out of the house to go see what's happening to your chickens. And I think we mentioned before that one of our hens went broody. Yeah, we we said that on the show. She went broody. So we did the stuff that we talked about in our episode, Breaking Broody Hens, and it worked, but in the process, she decided to go a wall and jump the rather high fence that we have in that the backyard that we just moved from.
0: And she did this last time we stopped her from going in the nest box on the other side of the neighbor's fence.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's the time I'm referring to. But at any rate, yeah, so she did it a second time. And this time the neighbor's dog was waiting and fortunately the neighbor's dog Axel, which is never name your dog Axel, just go out and shout Axel in a field for a little bit. Anyway, (laughs) I'll just leave it like that. It's pretty funny living next to the dog Axel. Axel!
0: Axel! Axel! Yeah. <laughs> you better enunciate very clearly when you name your dog just Axel. Just don't name
1: your dog Axel, which is <laughs> kind of a strange and anyhow. Anyway. So yeah, Axel fortunately is small. He's just a little Axel. <laughs> God, <laughs> help me. And um kinda just tore her up a bit, um, didn't break any skin and she managed did a little. Oh, a little? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she managed to cram herself behind a, a ladder that was leaning up against the fence, and then the dog couldn't get in, and the owner lady came out, got her, drug her in, and eventually I had to get brave, run around the block, and hop a fence in West Oakland yeah, <laughs> on a street corner in front of God and everybody, and go running around looking through the trash cans because I assumed that the dog had killed the chicken at this point I didn't know that it was behind the ladder Mm -hmm. so I went to go looking around in trash cans for the dead body to go tell my girlfriend that yet another one of her chickens has died yeah. And
0: and I was terrified too because I thought that maybe they had brought the injured bird into their house to try and nurse it and I'm like, "Oh my god, I am trained to save birds with my wildlife rescue. Like, are these people what are they doing? Give right. my chicken back to me so that right. I can help it." So
1: I even tried yelling to get her to come out to find out what happened, but it's folks, it's West Oakland. It's and I don't exactly look like a care bear to be blunt. So <laughs> I I totally get her not responding to me, but at any rate, I did eventually figure out that the chicken wasn't in a trash can, which meant it was probably in the yard and I found her and then the comical scene came of this guy in BDUs hopping out of a yard with a chicken as if I just, you know, and there's all these people in the neighborhood walking by and they look over and they see me hop out of somebody's yard with a chicken and go taking off down the street and they're like looks legit man ain't my problem you know <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of you know and of course we ran her straight home and we're all oh gosh you know yeah. now do we get to watch her die in front of us because sometimes it takes a while if a dog gets a hold of a chicken but she was okay yeah. just just ruffled up yeah She jumped that fence the second time, even though we clipped her wing.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, she was determined.
1: So, what happened then?
0: Oh, We decided we couldn't leave her there. She was injured, so I wanted to keep an eye on her. So I left all the chickens there in Oakland, except her, put her in a pet taxi and brought her to Paradise.
1: We were decided that we couldn't leave her there because not only were we afraid she was going to jump over, but then she might teach everybody else.
0: Yes. She might help them form very dangerous and bad habits. Go on. So, yeah, we, we brought her to paradise and she lived in a pet taxi for a few days. I used, you know, adult absorbent pads underneath her in the pet taxi and... Let her run around the house, and Shannon thought that was kind of weird. She had a perch on a ladder and and she actually had her own room because we didn't have a carpet yet, so we just stuck the chicken in its own room <laughs> with food yeah. and water. that was a nice thing and um that was that See, we
1: do it right. We just gave it the chicken yeah uh, the chicken was bad, so we gave the chicken a whole room in our in new house. house
0: the chicken got sp- the queen spoiled pampered treatment for being bad chicken. That's so, yeah. I don't know. So then I took her back to Oakland and this time I brought all of the chickens. So I had three pet taxis with towels inside of them packed with you know, they had one to two chickens each in them. And... Well,
1: just to get jump in really quick. <laughs> so um the second jump over the fence was also part of her being broody and mm-hmm. being ticked because she was being kept out of the hen house and uh wanted to go find a place to nest that's my yeah, guess yeah and she knew that we could get at anything in the yard because the hens all know that there's nowhere to hide from us because they try it all the time so she tried going AWOL and her reward was being banged around in a truck you know all the all the way to the new house thrown into a new cage that is the chicken tractor that we drug around (laughs) the yard for a few days and then you know overheating constantly taking and then amber you know just can't um abide the idea of the chicken tractor so which we'll get to that but (laughs) so of course the chicken has to sleep indoors in the carrier in the daytime which i actually was worried would encourage brooding because I thought, well, here you are forcing her into a confined area when that's dark and quiet. When you're trying to keep her, you know, what do you do with an injured broody hen? The the, the treatment is warm, dark, and quiet. The way to break broody is warm, dark, and quiet. But um, oddly enough, I think just all of the craziness just made her go oh Oh, forget it it. (laughs) never mind (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) if you guys are gonna be crazy
0: yeah yeah
1: where am i
0: yeah it's too distracting to be broody i think
1: dropped her off in a whole new world after living in west oakland and it was
0: just like 20 degrees hotter than she's used to so she's just like pretty preoccupied with being overheated constantly
1: so yeah amber put all of the chickens in the new chicken tractor, and she's finally starting to adjust. <laughs> I didn't mean the hens in case you missed that <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, so it's it's pretty funny. Amber's very worried about this new chicken technology called the chicken tractor, and its potential for um you know the predator situation and then of course there is I also agree with this the legitimate concern of how do you keep them from being broiled in the moving sun mm-hmm. you know yeah but yeah so you had them all loaded into pet carriers yeah and, and they've arrived <laughs> yeah all panting like crazy amber was sure that they were all gonna die of heat stroke in the california sun
0: we (laughs) we tried to stop and give them water on the way even me and my daughter and they wouldn't accept any water they were panting too much because
1: they hate driving
0: and uh they were too stressed so i figured oh just get them here So yeah, they went in the in the chicken tractor, and we've been battling the heat. I put blankets over the chicken tractor, and I spray them with water.
1: No, you put a light gauzy fabric over it first. Don't tell people you put blankets over it in the broiling sun. Oh
0: yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, a light
1: gauzy fabric for shade. Yes
0: yeah it's like kind of transparent, I guess that's a bad. Thank yes. you for correcting me because blanket sounds
1: heavy, yeah that's and different, warm not like a quilt, yeah,
0: but yeah, some lightweight fabric for shade over it, so it's completely shaded, and then I sprayed down the ground in there and and the cloth over it to kind of, you know, keep them cool. And we misted them off all day long. And
1: Yeah, that's nice because as the breeze goes through the wet cloth, the moisture in the cloth drops the temperature. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like a natural air conditioner.
0: Yeah, and they're they're just panting like crazy. They look very distressed. They're not, distressed. Happy. They're not well, very you happy. you don't want to
1: be wearing a feather coat in no. 100 degree weather.
0: Especially if your feather coat was grown for the Bay Area weather which is quite a bit more chill.
1: Yeah. That's not helping, I'm sure. I think they have too many feathers. Matter. Well you'll probably be seeing a lot of feather drop pretty soon. Yeah.
0: They'll adjust, I think.
1: So yeah, we are using the chicken tractor Mm -hmm. and that's going okay. One of the things that I noticed immediately is that the chickens are unfamiliar with it and the idea of, okay, now the house is gonna move. And they kind of get swept into the back of the house. And because Mm -hmm. the thing, ours, ours is made sturdy. Like with metal. Yeah. Yeah. Like Joel Salatin, he makes his really light, small wood, you know, and uh, wire. And ours is like expanded sheet metal and and, uh, tube stock. Mm Mm-hmm. And so anyway, yeah, we pinched a chicken's foot, which sucks. Yeah. But it wasn't bad, right? It was just a scrape. Did you check on that one? Yeah, we we
0: we checked on it, and it was it was it's fine. It's got a little scrape. It looked fine a little bit, but they they heal really bad.
1: Chicken, especially their feet, man, gnarly stuff happens to their feet, and it's amazing what.
0: Yeah. Go ahead.
1: How they, just, like pigeons, you know.
0: They, they heal very quick, and we just decided to move it a little slower, give them time right. to adjust, and I can see that they're learning. Mm-hmm. I can see that every time we do it, they kind of start to recognize what is happening and what direction we're trying to go. and they'll Yeah. And I think I remember
1: Salatin when I watched his video on chicken tractoring, saying something about how new chickens you've got to be extra careful with them because they kind of don't.
0: They don't understand.
1: Okay, run the direction. It's moving, takes mm-hmm. a while to figure out. Yeah, what I was thinking of doing though, was uh, screwing a door sweep into the bottom of the uh, of the back wall, mm. s- facing inward so that um, as they get sucked into the <laughs> back wall, instead of their feet going under the edge, the sweep, pushes them up yeah. into the wall and that gives them time to run away before they get grabbed by the bottom edge if yeah. you understand what I'm trying to say. We, we
0: talked about that in our last episode about the chicken tractors it was oh, called yeah? a poultry bar or something I forget what it's called but
1: oh, basically right. a they bar put that, a bar that just, yeah,
0: just kind of sweeps the chickens along before they get caught under the I
1: actual... like my idea better uh-huh. I think it's you a great idea you can't get idea. caught between the bar and the back wall mm-hmm. or a leg caught in there or there's it's kind of hard to hurt better. yourself with the de- door sweep. Yeah. But that is presumably the advice of the practiced people and I am a novice, so keep that in mind in deciding whose advice to follow. Um yeah, what else can we say about that?
0: Uh well, they are eating lots of weeds. They are digging down in the soil and finding things to eat that I never imagined there'd be anything down there to eat. So they're they're finding little seeds, grass seeds and yeah. Oh, they're doing well. They um, they seem to be acclimating to it.
1: I think you guys are going to get an extra long podcast today because we're going to have to make up for, I mean, we're we already like 20 minutes in and we're still in the...
0: Chicken update. Yeah. Yeah. Which
1: hopefully everybody is finding interesting, but...
0: Yeah, but I mean, that's pretty much it with the chickens there.
1: No, we've got one more thing. We do?
0: Oh, yeah, we, okay
1: have decided to repurpose the child's jungle gym in the backyard into our new chicken coop and run. Uh, if you can imagine a little tower climby <laughs> thing with a swing set coming off it. Uh,
0: All made out of heavy old wood.
1: Yeah, the so the tower thing is square, roughly three by three and ten eight feet. Eight feet to ten eight, feet. Ten feet, eight, 10 feet tall. Mm-hmm. And then coming off it is a you know one beam off of which the swings hang and two arms so imagine the whole swing area turning into the yard and the tower part turning into the coop and you kind of have an idea yeah yeah so we started working on that because we do want to get them out of the tractor especially since there's kind of nothing but dead grass out there right now yeah and um yeah so we're doing that
0: yeah that's been really fun
1: yeah well great Uh, Thank you, folks, for bearing with us. Uh, (laughs) I I don't know. I I like to think people like to just uh, share stories about what they're doing with their, you know, own personal anecdotal lives.
0: Yeah, chickens are so fun. They do the funniest things.
1: And it is kind of interesting how I've started to notice that our updates have started looking like what we talked about a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. which makes me think we ought to stay away from certain topics now that I think about it but but we won't do that.
0: Chicken divination. Well
1: let us then turn our attention to the dark cabinet of in the curiosities.
0: corner. Yes, it's time for our chicken cabinet of curiosities And this week, We have some awesome stories about yes really awesome stories the second one is especially awesome it just makes me freak out but i'm gonna tell the first one first and i
1: got a little excited even yeah
0: (laughs) so this this is uh this one's about north carolina there's a power company there called georgia renewable power and they have reformed a coal power plant to convert chicken manure into energy. And it's, that's cool. Yeah, isn't it? That's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Yeah. So just with the chickens, the chicken industry there, which is really, really thriving, it's a huge industry, um, they create 700 tons of chicken manure a year. 700, 700
1: tons a year. Yes. Okay. Which industry?
0: The poultry industry, just in North Carolina. Okay, just... Just in one state.
1: That's actually less than I'd think, would yeah. think, but yeah. that still is a lot of chicken poop. It's a
0: lot. And this factory, um, it's not just chicken manure. They use a lot of organic matter to burn and turn into energy and um, pig manure as well. And that totals, oh my gosh they divert as much as 285,000 tons of animal waste per year. So that's astounding. And not only that, they um, once they're done with this process of basically burning this and using it to heat water um, and turn into energy, they have ash left over, which is still very nutrient-rich. So they sell that for fertilizer. And um, So they're just
1: incinerating it then.
0: Yeah, pretty much, yes. But yeah, way to go, North Carolina. Hopefully other places follow in their footsteps and do the same.
1: Boy, yeah, good for them. Um, I'd really rather see people make methane digesters. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up near um, the Winchester Mystery House, which is this Victorian in California in the Bay Area area. Um, so, you know, back in the 1880s ish, I forget exactly. And this woman had a, uh, methane digester by her horse stable uh-huh. and the gas from the methane digester, which was powered by horse poop, uh, powered all the lights cooking and wow. everything in this mansion, the Winchester mystery house. If you cool. guys don't know what it is, is a very strange, strange place and worth looking into but this is just one of these little asides that you learn about the place growing up next to it anyway the point is it's huge and it's not only huge it's kind of like absurdly huge because it was owned by this incredibly wealthy woman you know Winchester like Winchester rifles um who had a lot of money and was crazy Mm -hmm. and spent her money building crazy things in her mansion.
0: I think she wanted to build weird uh, rooms, structures, stairways, things like that in additions to her home that would confuse ghosts so that they couldn't get in her house. That's
1: one story I've heard, but Uh, I also happen to know former tour guides uh, from there rather uh. well, and it's actually just that the ghosts told her to do it
0: oh wow you know wow
1: or who knows you know when you're that kind of person maybe the story changes
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah wow so yeah methane digesters people use them in haiti Mm -hmm. um in their own backyards to make their own gas for their own stoves Uh and it's just the gas comes off of the waste and you just siphon it off and pump it into the house it's
0: so what is it that you like about it or prefer about it? is it more efficient less waste what's that it's more efficient
1: um it's also i mean an incinerator pol- implies burning yes. and of course carbon. that would mean yeah carbon and air pollution right. presumably or mm-hmm. at least having to get a bunch of scrubbers and mm-hmm. make all of that stuff with a methane digester you end up with methane and compost.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you know if compost. you can... How, that's even better than ash. Yeah, that sounds far superior. And do you know by any chance if that's... Uh, Easy to accomplish on a large scale or is it a small scale operation? Is it more successful um, small scale?
1: Sure. I don't see why you couldn't yeah. do it on a larger scale operation. In mm-hmm. fact, I think it's a thing where it's harder on a smaller scale because it's like a compost pile, you know? Yeah, yeah. The bigger they are, the better they go. It's like more heat is generated. But I've seen um I've I know I've seen like farm size methane digester plans on in really old uh issues of mother earth news magazine Wow! so uh, th- none of this is new technology uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know wow and you could i've seen home made um you know like out of five gallon buckets in pvc and hmm. you know
0: so it sounds like a simple process it's
1: really simple yeah. it's it's easier than brewing beer uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure Uh huh. yeah
0: cool wow well that's definitely very interesting thanks for there's
1: my little soapbox
0: yeah well i, I enjoyed that quite a lot thanks for um adding mm-hmm. to the to the article
1: cabinet of curiosities
0: yes the cabinet of curiosities. but anyway
1: still good for them yeah yeah, yeah.
0: cool so the second article which i am so excited about it's pretty cool yeah it's pretty rad um it's... Every
1: so often you learn something in life that is so bizarre and astounding. It just kind of makes you <laughs> wonder what's going on in the world. And this is one of those, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's so cool. So basically, they found a new um, form of matter that hadn't been discovered before in the eyes of chickens. Yeah. Yes. Wait,
1: so a n- new form of... of
0: matter. Right. Like talking like physics. Yeah. matter. In the eyes of chickens. In the eyes of chickens, it's it's actually more of a system of matter, but
1: you might say a new order of matter. Yes. like a structure maybe. Yes.
0: Yeah, and they're calling it disordered hyperuniformity. What a oxymoron, right? That's crazy.
1: Disordered hyperuniformity. Yeah,
0: it's Disordered hyperuniformity in the eyes of your
1: chickens. In the
0: eyes of your chickens. Next time you look, think case, about that. The
1: next time they're giving you that
0: that glare, look, that look that they give you. You know, you
1: want some disuniformity.
0: Think about what's going on <laughs> in that eye of a chicken, which has not been found yet anywhere else. Yes except for fairy I was
1: going to say, now that first article you read said (laughs) only in chicken eyes, and while we were just sitting there lying on the bed going, really, is that true?
0: So there's a few other places it's been discovered, but really the first time they discovered it was in the eyes of a chicken, and the really special thing about it is basically it's a system of matter which is repetitive and uniform on a small scale, but is completely chaotic on a large scale. And for some reason, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know if I could explain this adequately. But what it does is it makes the matter behave as both a crystal and a liquid. So if you think about glass, well, let me use water first. Water is a liquid. It freezes, it crystallizes, it's hard and solid. Glass also at a certain point is a liquid. It crystallizes and it becomes solid. So most things have some sort of process where they're either a liquid or a solid. They're not both at the same time. Now the stuff in the eyes of the chicken are both at the same time, which basically breaks the rules of what we would expect from
1: it liquids, just it just breaks my brain i just find physics. myself sitting here staring like a chicken yeah which maybe is what that's about cool. maybe they're just trying to yeah resolve the inherent contradiction in their own it eyes it
0: blows my mind and it i i think that it allows them to like focus on things Differently, but I'm going to read... Tune
1: into parallel dimensions.
0: Yeah, I'm going to read from Wikipedia what it says about disordered hyperuniformity because...
1: Sit down and grab something. I
0: can't remember all this stuff, guys. Sorry. So (laughs) this is what it says about it. Disordered hyperuniformity is a type of liquid which has crystal properties. It greatly suppresses variations in the density of particles, like a crystal, and the particles have the same physical properties in all directions at shorter distances, like a liquid. It was discovered in the eyes of chickens. This is thought to be the case because chicken eyes cannot support the ordered complex system best for eyesight. This may eventually be used for self-organizing colloids or optics with the ability to transmit light with crystal efficiency while still retaining liquid flexibility. Unique optical properties have been uncovered in dense hyperuniform materials wherein light of a wavelength specific to the material is able to propagate forward despite high particle density due to microscopic order. The uniformly spaced particles scatter light as it propagates through the material, but most of the scattering self-interferes except in the direction of propagation. In conditions where light is propagated through an uncorrelated disordered material of the same density, the material would appear opaque due to multiple scattering. Such materials can be theoretically designed for light of any wavelength, And the applications of the concept cover a wide variety of fields of wave, physics, and materials engineering. The term hyperuniformity was coined by chemist and packing expert Salvatore Cortado, co-author of a pioneering 2003 paper on the topic. Cortado says, another example of this ordering is found in a shaken box of marbles which fall into an arrangement called maximally random jammed packing. How scientific. (laughs) Two classes of hyperuniformity include equilibrium systems such as quasi crystals and non equilibrium systems which include shaken marbles, emulsions, colloids, and ensembles of cold atoms. It is also thought to emerge on the mysterious biological patterns known as fairy circles. Circle and patterns of circles that emerge in arid places, also known as fairy rings. So for anyone out there who can actually wow. understand that, um, science. science is so awesome, and so are your chickens. Your Amber chickens drops
1: the science in the cabinet of curiosities. Your
0: chickens have unexplored places in the universe in their eyes.
1: Which is what we've been saying all along. We
0: love them. They're so amazing. So, yes, pretty cool stuff.
1: That's kind of mind-blowing.
0: I know. Only I'm still working on its,
1: it's liquid and solid at, at the, the same, same time. time. Amazing. I like how we said that at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) We totally did not rehearse that. No. That was great. (laughs) Anyway.
0: Yeah, so that's that. I'm really excited about it. I don't usually squeal about science, but this one made me like really go, ah.
1: It's not too often you find a new form of matter both in the eyes of chickens and fairy rings. I know. And nowhere else, apparently. Yeah. This is
0: some serious chaos magic
1: strangeness. Disordered
0: hyper uniformity How is that
1: for curious?
0: Yeah that's pretty rad so (laughs) and and on to our main topic.
1: I was gonna say we're not topping that right. No. All right let's close the cabinet. (laughs) Yes. And go on to well everybody we know that you have the coolest chickens there are out there but it is summertime and our fine feathered friends are exactly that. So some of you guys might have some chickies that are getting too hot.
0: It's like they're wearing a parka or something, like oh, a down parka.
1: Hot hot chicks in parkas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so why don't we uh, talk about what we do to keep the birds cool?
0: Yeah, your cool chickens. Yeah, so heat can be quite a problem, actually, for your chickens. Sure, sure. They can't sweat. And no. they're covered in feathers.
1: They pant just like dogs.
0: They use evaporative cooling, just like your car uses a radiator to pump fluid basically through their body and it, it evaporates through their crown, their mm-hmm. wattles, their feet, and through their breathing. They, they um, you know, the water evaporates through their breathing and cools them. Mm. They actually poop a lot more, watery poop kind of watery so that's normal during hot weather to help run the water through their system and cool so sure so it's like that but so
1: that all the uh for a lack of there must be a right a right term for this all the red parts of their heads right yeah are um there's got to
0: crown and wattles,
1: right essentially um that's that's <laughs> all cooling system huh
0: yeah yeah actually that i know that yeah it helps it evaporate. makes sense
1: because that's that they get hot. Yeah, I've yeah.
0: But it's a really limited system, and chickens are really good at keeping warm, but they're not so good at keeping cool, you know? Mm, so yeah. it's um, really easy for them to overheat, and it, if it gets over 85, you better start kind of keeping an eye on them and just um, watching for signs that this might be happening because they can get heat stroke, heat stress, and sometimes this can um, result in death. So this is, it's it's quite a serious thing, but you can observe the signs that your chickens might be in distress.
1: Ah, right. Now, like the lady on the video said, I thought it was really intelligent.
0: Mm-hmm. What are you referring to the... It's better
1: to prevent heat stroke than to treat it.
0: Yes, that it's a lot easier to catch it ahead of time than it is to, to nurse a sick bird back into health. And that's always true in every situation pretty much. Um, Prevention is really the key with your chickens. Um, So if you go out into your coop and you see your chickens panting, that's pretty normal. They do that to cool off in hot weather, but if they seem like they're choking, they're having a hard time breathing, they're really panting hard. And in addition to that, You know, their wings might be spread out of their body. That's normal cooling action. But if they keep them like that all the time and they start looking droopy, they're laying there, they're lethargic, they're not moving around, they're pale. And, um, you know, their head might start drooping around and they may kind of stumble. Your chicken is in big trouble. Yeah. And in that situation... You need to take immediate action. And some people recommend keeping like a five-gallon bucket full of cool water next to the coop on a really hot day. And you pretty much need to just dunk your chicken in there. Keep
1: that bucket in the shade.
0: Keep, keep the head out of the water, of course, but submerge <laughs> your chicken.
1: Don't waterboard the chicken.
0: Yes, please don't. Just but, dunk it. I mean, that's kind of common sense, of course, but I, I don't know. I just... Well, you never like know. You gotta mention stuff. People but... get excited. Yeah, so you gotta really cool down the bird real quick and give them a chance to recover if they're that bad.
1: Yeah, and when you do that, it's not just uh, shove them in there and pull them out like mm-hmm. when you're scalding them. Um, oh. <laughs> it's like uh, what you're trying to do is get the temperature of the water to penetrate their core body temperature. Yeah. So it you what I like to do if I'm doing that is um, I put them under the water and. Well, I try to keep them under control with one hand, and usually they're like, they don't struggle much. No, they're if pretty If they're cooperative. that hot, they're yeah. like, okay, well, this is weird, they but I kind of like, like it. Yeah. And then I use my other hand to kind of like almost massage the water mm-hmm. into the feathers, because if you remember, birds are designed um, to repel water, basically. They have oil
0: glands, and they put that all over their feathers to repel water, because it, it protects them. It's designed
1: to keep water away from the yes, body. So, yes. you know... Take take a second to just rub the water in there and
0: into the down the downy parts.
1: When you can't feel little hot pockets in their feathers anymore, then it's really permeated.
0: Yeah, so that's that's what you do in an emergency with your chicken. Mm-hmm. But before you get to that point, there's a lot of things you can do to make their lives happier and prevent it ever going that far. So and this does feed back we'll
1: into that whole like your goal isn't necessarily to um, prevent. Heat stroke, it's to keep your chickens in a state of comfort because mm-hmm. comfort means not stressed, and stress mm-hmm. means no productivity mm-hmm. and that you're not taking care of your birds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do this stuff. E- consider doing this stuff even if you aren't worried about like your. Birds being able to handle the heat just to take the edge off, and yeah, you, you you might get more eggs out of it, or
0: yeah, or just to make them not completely miserable, right? You know, so it's is a nice thing to do for a creature that you care about and that provides mm-hmm. you with your nourishment and, and your entertainment and your your friendship. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a nice thing. So <clears throat> before, oh, were you gonna I just that?
1: like to put out that you know totally callous dollars and cents argument to mm-hmm. reach the people that if they're out there they just don't care yeah and you know you're what totally loretta right. thinks mm-hmm. but it's like if nothing else consider that your chickens you have them presumably for some productive reason if you yeah. don't care yeah. about them as people so to speak and this hits that too right you know? yeah so that's and why i always go there with yeah. that argument
0: and you're totally right. Heat stress will reduce egg production. That's um, actually because I'm heartless. Oh, no. you I mean not. <laughs> you just want no. to convince all the heartless people there's a reason That's to treat right. their birds nice. We don't have heartless people in
1: our audience. In fact, I'm not really doing that to reach the heartless people. I'm doing that to give our wonderful, heartfelt audiences arguments to reach the heartless people that they know out there. Yeah, nobody, Spread the news of yeah. keeping your chicks cool.
0: Yeah, because uh, Shannon's right. Um, they do decrease their egg laying when they're that hot, and part of the reason for that is uh, digestion creates a lot of heat in their body. So they, oh. so they actually stop eating quite as much. And one of the things you want to do that will help them cool down. Is not give them foods like cracked corn or scratch or things that are really difficult to digest because Dense. that creates is that, that takes energy in the body to accomplish and that creates heat. So you're make, your making right. your bird is making more heat in its body by digesting those things, and um, makes sense. And that's you know that can um, be remedied by giving them a grower pellet rather than a layer pellet because they need Uh higher protein and easy to digest food
1: turn down the octane on the food a little
0: while they're going through this because they will not eat quite Mm as much their appetite will decrease Mm -hmm. so yeah that is very interesting if you were concerned about your egg production During heat as well, many people like to put apple cider vinegar in their chicken's water, which is a healthy additive for their um, digestive um, bacteria and enzymes, just like it is for people. However, it can interfere with the the calcium uptake, Mm -hmm. and especially in hot weather. So they recommend not using the apple cider vinegar in hot weather and instead using an electrolyte. There's things like Gatorade for chickens called mm-hmm. Save-A-Chick, and it comes in little Oh, little sure, packets. yeah. I've bought that yeah, stuff Yeah, so you can give that to them. and um, Which I guess is a
1: plug. Oops. Very, very <laughs> helpful.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: Huh, yeah.
0: Other things you can do is um, hose down the coop, the roof, the area surrounding sure it. any
1: evaporative cooling strategies
0: exactly. Yeah, any moisture in the air just will bring down the temperature quite a lot. You could add a mm-hmm. mister too, that can decrease the temperature in the area that it's misters. misted, like by I've heard 10 to 20. Oh, sure, misters
1: have an amazing effect.
0: Yeah, so that's pretty cool. You can um, definitely make sure your coop is in the shade, that makes a huge difference. That's kind of obvious, but um, yeah.
1: Or you could create shade for it.
0: Yeah, um, you could use a tarp, a blanket, leaves if you've got giant leaves, and, you know, whatever you got. you got some giant banana leaves on your tropical paradise.
1: Oh, that sounds nice. You
0: could make a shade structure for your chickens and then hire some... Uh,
1: make little chase lounges.
0: Yeah, hire some friends to yeah, fan, anyway. fan them and nest uh, them.
1: There's other things you could use, though, right?
0: Yeah, you, you could use... Um, I guess you could use uh, some things that are like reflective, especially like um, oh, yeah. silver tarps are good. They they yeah. block the heat and yeah. mylar maybe is very reflective. Yeah, You could put that on their coop windows to reflect the sun. Yeah,
1: you should be careful with mylar, though, because if you shape it incorrectly um it it is fantastic stuff it Uh really really works they use it at uh the burning man festival so Mm -hmm. they can you know get some relief from the desert out there but uh if you shape it into a parabolic shape it can act like a magnifying glass and uh start fires
0: and a parabolic i'm i'm guessing is round what does that um, mean for people uh, who might be listening
1: Concave. I, okay. I might even be using the wrong word, okay. but um, yeah, <laughs> you know, if you shape it like a magnifying glass mm-hmm. or like a bowl, you right? Know.
0: Like kind of roundish. It'll here's a little.
1: Here's a little survival tip, by the way. Um, if your car breaks down in the middle of the wilderness and you're freezing to death, odds are you can rip the headlamp out of your car, break it in half, and use the back half, which is concave, to capture the sun to start fires
0: now and
1: the same principle because the inside of the headlamp is reflective is the problem with the mylar Aha! Uh-huh. to illustrate
0: now just to clarify does also the, if you the, look
1: at it wrong and it catches the sun it will blind you like welding
0: oh boy but just to clarify you want it to be like if you were holding a bowl in your hand you want the concave side face like that with the sun going into the bowl that's how you need to magnify the
1: right. Yeah, you don't you can, want it
0: the opposite way, right? Like an upside down.
1: Yeah, bowl. no. The the it goes into the bowl. Yeah, it has to be captured and as if it were because holding. it's rounded on the inside. It'll create a focal point in front of the bowl mm-hmm, shape, mm-hmm. and then that is what starts your fire.
0: Right. So don't do it the opposite way. Awesome! Uh, yeah, that through is... the
1: back, through the through the bottom side of the Won't bowl. Do anything? No. Yeah. Yeah, a so. good point.
0: Yeah, that um, is very fascinating. Thanks for that right.
1: tip. So that's why you should be careful with mylar. Yeah. A cool. total rabbit trail there, but there but you go. But
0: that was a really fun rabbit trail. So okay. I think it's <laughs> okay. I love learning little. I don't know about the rest of the audience, but I love. Um, Survivalist stuff like knowing how to survive in the wilderness. Oh, you know, you
1: never know when your car is going to break down in the mountains. There's a storm. Mm-hmm, Who mm-hmm. knows?
0: You might save your chickens if you're freezing to death on your <laughs> homestead. <tent laughs> you could be traveling
1: cross country with your chickens <laughs> and enter an emergency survival situation. <laughs> and of course, you will have to know how to forage.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> what else have we got?
0: Oh. Okay, so... Um, you know,
1: you did not mention um, something that's probably kind of obvious, but that's shade cloth.
0: Oh, well, yeah, mention, please. You can
1: use shade cloth.
0: I didn't think that, of it, so... That's all. I'm glad you, you remembered I that. I used a
1: lot of shade cloth out on my property mm-hmm. um, with the chickens. Basically, when the summer happened, I picked all of the appropriate fence lines of the chicken run that would cast shade if they were covered and just yeah. uh, got a bunch of wire and mm-hmm. wired up, the sh- just cool. sewed the shade cloth to the wire, basically. And then when uh, it got cold in the winter again, I'd just go by with the snips and snip, mm-hmm. snip, snip, mm-hmm. roll it all up and take cool. it away. And it didn't, I mean, it's not a lot of shade, but it's more than no shade.
0: Right, right. I mean, imagine using something for its intended purpose. That's not something right. we do every day around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, shade cloths be really good. Mm-hmm. And I learned something really interesting from researching this that I I didn't know before. Because I was learning, um, you know, obvious things such as putting ice cubes in the chicken's water and. A lot
1: of those toy things we talked about that involved freezing things apply here.
0: Yeah, and there's all kinds of stuff you can do. You can freeze vegetables, watermelon, strawberries, corn on the cob. You can freeze water bottles and stick them in there, use insulated coolers to keep it cool. But the thing that I learned that. I didn't realize before because I thought, yeah, you can give your chickens cooled down water and that will help them, but won't they just, you know, drinking any water is going to be great for you during hot weather. But with chickens, they will not drink water that's even 10 degrees hotter than their body temperature, which their body temperature is usually 103 to 107. But uh-huh. say if the waterer is in the direct sun and it's yeah. like in a dark container and it's just getting real hot.
1: Just generally, your waterer shouldn't yeah. be in sunlight because it makes algae. They're
0: they're yeah exactly. It hot weather really gets gets um, bacteria ramped up. But yeah. yeah, so they won't even if they're dying of thirst and they have water that's just too hot for them, ten degrees or so hotter than their body. They're not going to drink it
1: because at it'll all. Push their core body temperature yeah, they, to up and kill them anyway so. Yeah,
0: so you have to make sure that their water source is cool. Yeah. It's cool for them, so that's important. Keep it in the shade and
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Your,
0: your chickens might uh if it's very hot hide under bushes and deep foliage. Mm-hmm. And um do their dust bath, which they dig down into the um, yeah, yeah. cooler layers of the earth, and that helps them. But you might want to think about bringing your water to where your chickens are, so they don't have to go out in the hot sun and get water. They can stay hidden in their little cool oasis of their choosing. Yeah. So that's a that's yeah, good idea. The,
1: uh, three seasons out of the year, I kept the water outside of the chicken coop, because the chicken coop has all the bedding and the crap and everything in it and I didn't like the idea of the dust perpetually falling into it so the water went outside and then in the summer it went inside so that it mm-hmm. wouldn't get too hot mm-hmm. the water itself
0: yeah yeah So I guess there's you know there's some other a few a few other things that you can do you can freeze like a big water bottle like gallon yeah. water bottle and make a big ice block just, and put it in sure. the nesting boxes and uh, put a little fan in there to cool it off. Mm-hmm. Or if it, if it gets really hot, your nesting boxes are going to be a place that's really going to overheat a lot of times because it's a small yeah. insulated area. So you might want to think about just blocking it off and giving them somewhere ventilated, like a, like a, a milk crate in the, in a cool shady place as a temporary nest box during yeah. that time. Um, you can put, sand in their run which retains moisture really well and stays cooler than Uh a lot of other things and um one of the most important things which I should have mentioned several times during this podcast and I'm only remembering right now is that don't let your animals chase them
1: don't let your animals chase them yeah well generally a bad practice but yeah how about little human animals
0: yeah or your kids yeah any anything that makes them over exert themselves don't and work make your chickens hard. run
1: in hundred degree weather and yeah. feather coats
0: yeah that can really really kill your chickens and create heat stress pretty quick for the poor little things sure so
1: i used to run track in weather like yeah that. oh man i can't imagine doing it in a feather Ooh, coat though
0: oh my god yeah that's crazy so yeah, that's that's very important. But um that's about all I have on the um chicken oh, thing. And I'm okay. curious curious what if you've got some things to add to
1: Well sure, yeah. Of course when I lived out there on the mountain, uh dealing with heat in the summers was a uh regular thing. A mm-hmm. hundred degrees was normal. So um I did a lot of things. Um well, for one thing, I was thinking long term, so I planted deciduous trees around my run so that, you know, the uh, the leaves in the summer would block the sun, but then in the winter, uh, I, I was partial to hybrid willows because they grow really fast, um, they're clonable, and they're deciduous.
0: Do they need a water source?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, you wanna okay. water them, but you know once they get established, they can find their own water,
0: even in a dry, arid place like you live, yeah, you would think that I would that think wouldn't need work a pond or something nope okay, cool. no,
1: yeah, even out in bone dry out there once mm-hmm. they got big enough, I mean it was rough for the first mm-hmm. few years for a willow <laughs> to be, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, they would they would do it, and um, so I would do that, and then I also sort of just like I had my routine in my yard for watering trees in the summer and I just kept things to fill with water Mm -hmm. and um that was useful because I didn't have to worry as much about the chickens running out of water Mm -hmm. because they would find it somewhere Mm -hmm. I knew it because I had pools of water all over Mm -hmm. and um also just the evaporative cooling effect Mm -hmm. you know yeah um I actually did that for a bunch of permaculture reasons, but I think I'll keep that out for now. Um one thing I do want to add though is put if you do this, put something in the water going out of the water that you are highly confident that a weak and stressed animal could climb used to climb out of the water. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah.
1: I did lose one hen. Drowning in such a manner, um, despite the ladder, and she was very old, blind, missing a lot of toes, uh-huh. uh, and she and, got
0: incredibly thirsty and tried.
1: Well, I think that she was just old. Yeah, you know, but you know, have that ladder there, or you'll be sorry.
0: Yeah, have something inside and it. In saying. fact,
1: generally, while I'm getting on soapboxes, if you live in an arid climate in the summer, anywhere out in nature where there's wildlife, don't leave like three gallons of water in a five-gallon bucket sitting out in the wilderness without a stick in it because that fills up with rodents
0: yeah and they can't get out and they're so desperate and thirsty they go in there for the water
1: because you're dropping a big pile of water out in the middle of nowhere and things can smell that from like a quarter mile Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know how far but very very far away and they'll come and they'll kill themselves in it yeah because wow. not getting water is death, too. Yeah. So I always, out on the land, always, always, always stick in the bucket Wow! whenever there's water that. in it. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't take too many bad things before you never forget again. Mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. just put it like that. Yeah. Um. So I do have a couple of other ideas that are more intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, one is an evaporative cooling tower. This is a, uh, ancient Arab technology where, um, basically you have a tower, um, on the top of your building. And at the top of the tower, uh, the tower is a hollow column. Um, and at the top of the tower are several windows in all of the walls. So, um, and these windows are not glass, they're open holes mm-hmm. and from them hang a uh, cloth and you basically run water up to the top of this thing with like a small pond pump or something like that and have it drip out across the bars that the cloth hangs from. So the, f- so the water is continually saturating the cloth mm-hmm. and as the wind blows through that, um, as I mentioned, with when, when we were talking about the chicken tractor, it cools. Mm-hmm. Now that cool water, water air is now at the top of a tower, mm-hmm. so it wants to fall down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cold sinks, heat rises. So you also have this sort of chimney effect of the hottest air in your whatever. This works. Mm-hmm. People did this with their houses, leaving as the cold air sinks. Now,
0: could you just make a basic teepee structure and cover it with cloth and have that work with the water dripping down the poles, or does it have to be more elaborate?
1: Sure, that would work. Yeah. Yeah, just no different than covering the chicken tractor with Uh cloth. uh And, yeah, you could set a drip irrigation system onto the top of the chicken tractor so that it was continually saturating that fabric. You'd probably end up with kind of a muddy mess at the bottom, Mm -hmm. but and I'm going to get to that in a minute. (laughs) Uh, but yeah. So anyway, there's the evaporative cooling tower and that is nice in that, uh, it contains the water situation. You're not just spraying your chickens with water. Um, and yeah, it takes some building and doing, but something to think about. The other one, um, and this is great if you happen to have a backhoe and some space is, um... You dig a trench. You, you, need, you need a hill with some kind of an angle next to your house. It doesn't take much. It just has to be enough that it's not level, right? And you go up the hill some 30, 40 feet, and, I mean, the further the better, and although I imagine there's a point at which it doesn't matter, and you dig a trench, and you dig a trench all the way down to the house, chicken coop whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in that you stick um clay pipe Mm -hmm. and the clay pipe is open on both ends and goes above surface on the top end if that makes sense so it looks like a little chimney sticking up out of the ground and it's got a cap so it can't fill up with water you definitely don't want that okay so this pipe right it's open on the top and it goes down under the ground, and it goes downhill to the chicken coop, and the other end just opens up into the house. Okay. Right? Okay. You put a little grate on there or something. So what happens is, is the air goes in through the top of the pipe, and there's cold air in the pipe under the ground, which is constantly being cooled by the temperature coming through the clay pipe into the air in the pipe right mm-hmm. and that air gets cold and as that cold air gets cold it wants to fall downhill cool. into your house cool perpetually
0: wow that's pretty amazing
1: now you want some kind of damper or something uh that the low tech method is to simply go to the top of the hill when you don't want cold air and stuff a cloth into the pipe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's another thing to do, to uh, get a continual supply of cold air for your house, chicken coop, whatever.
0: Wow, that's some serious stuff. That is so cool. I love hearing about that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a technology to keep in mind if you're out on a ranch and they're putting in water lines and drain pipes and Mm -hmm. stuff all over the place anyway, because Mm -hmm. you can, you know, well, I could run an extra clay pipe through this trench and get free air conditioning
0: Take advantage of a downhill slope, maybe, yep, and build that's your what chicken it coop there at the that, bottom. That's what it is, mm-hmm, yeah. That's
1: hmm That's Keeping awesome. in mind that the bottom of a downhill slope is also where all the water ends up, and you yeah. don't want to put your chicken coop there, which is something that I also learned the hard way. You
0: could put it mid-downhill slope so that the water continues to pool at the bottom. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There
1: you go, yep. So, yeah, those that's a few considerations for cooling. Oh, I almost forgot the special... <gasps> Uh, one that I discovered Ooh. doing the research for the show that this guy uses in Arizona where mm-hmm. it gets to be like 114, 117 <gasps> degrees, he says.
0: Poor chickens.
1: So he says, I went and I got misters and I started using misters and misters worked, but then everything started smelling really horribly because, of course, he was saturating all of this... Biotic matter in the yard, which is a hundred something degrees ideally for composting, so oh, wow. you know the whole yard starts breaking down rapidly, oh wow, so what he did was he went and he got a two foot by three foot um pan from a hardware store. I forget what it was for, like oil or something mm, like that, yeah. And right now, I'm just looking at this paint tray right here, because uh, th- we just painted the house, so you you all have seen one of those, you know, kind of like that.
0: Or like landscaping, you know, they but often... A twice as big, maybe. Shallow, large, square, round, any shape you want for ponds and stuff that are about four inches, six inches deep, it, something yeah, like it's, that.
1: It's only like a four-inch deep pan, two feet by three feet max, yeah. and he says... And he fills it with water. Mm-hmm. But the chickens, they don't like to stand and just stand in water. Mm-hmm. Um, so he puts bricks in it. Oh. And the chickens like to stand and lie on the bricks. Really? And what happens is the water goes into the bricks and the bricks saturate. and sl- And basically slowly the bricks wick up and evaporate the pool of water out of the tub. And in uh-huh. the meantime, the chickens can like to walk around on it and stand on it because the bricks are cold and the tub is of course buried up to surface level or probably a little bit of a lip so they don't fill it with crap yeah and um (laughs) so you know it's getting some cooling from the ground temperature and he says that you know you keep that in the shade and just keep refilling it and it'll keep your chickens from panting even 114 degree weather
0: that's incredible that is so hot yeah, That's like unbearably hot for a person who can sweat and all that, let alone a bird with feathers who can't. That's amazing.
1: So, you know, take these ideas and adapt them in principle to um, your own situation. You know, you don't, maybe there's something that you can use as a shallow pool. You don't mm-hmm. need a two foot by three foot one, you yeah. know, stuff like that. You
0: could use like one of those, you know, things just from Target or wherever they sell those um, move those plastic boxes that you're supposed to shove under your bed and fill the shoes you know what right it be perfect so
1: right yeah yeah so yeah there you go and as the guy said you know if you can if this will work in chickens in Arizona it'll work anywhere in the United States and that's I think awesome. that's pretty true
0: wow that's really cool
1: so yeah there's your um you know I don't mm-hmm. know what bricks are selling for these days <laughs> Go find some used, but Mm -hmm. like there's your five dollar anywhere in North America. How to keep your birds cool without making a mess out of your yard? Solution:
0: I I wonder if sand would work similarly. It give them solid ground, but it could really like I think it's moisture too.
1: It's the porous nature of the brick. brick, Something about the porous. And also, it the surface of the water is exposed. You don't Mm -hmm. completely fill the. The tub with bricks. Mm-hmm. There's space in between it, oh, but they're okay. close enough together that the chickens can walk around on it. Oh, okay. and that pool of water is also okay. evaporating I off. I see.
0: Yeah. So there's a little bit of like space in between. Them. If you
1: wanted to get really snazzy, I suppose you could rig up some kind of float to it, and oh yeah, and a filler, and it would just auto fill whenever it got below a certain point mm-hmm. with cold water.
0: That's pretty awesome. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, so I think we've gone on for over an hour here yeah, <laughs> and um, probably thoroughly covered keeping your chickens cool, huh?
0: Yeah, as if your chickens weren't cool. Already. I mean,
1: you know, this is if you don't want to do the right thing and just move them into the house, crank up the AC 24-7 yeah. and just treat them right.
0: Yeah, I give them like frozen strawberry, watermelon-infused water with mint and lemon that's what and That's, our, what, you should that's do. what you should really do. But you know, we can't all do that all the time, so.
1: Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the show. I thought it was kind of a mind-blowing bunch of stuff mixed with some nice utility and uh yeah. Thanks for listening. Please check out our website twinbeakschickenpodcast.com. Um that's where you can find our podcast episodes. Uh, articles if i ever get a free moment to write one again but i have put up a few there uh pictures there's a forum uh all sorts of fun stuff on the website so check that out also you can visit us on facebook at twin beaks chicken podcast church that's a group page And that will give you the opportunity to post stuff there, see the stuff that we post. We put a lot of fun stuff there that we can't use on the podcast that's very entertaining, all the visual stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. And other, other users will post their contributions as well.
1: And let's see, what else have we got? We've got a
0: Pinterest page, Twin Beaks Chicken Podcast on there, full of all kinds of interesting visual delights related to all the wonders of chickenry. So you can check that out.
1: There's also the Twin Beaks page on Facebook, which is where we share the podcast with Uh you on uh Facebook.
0: Please subscribe to us on iTunes.
1: Please, please subscribe to us on iTunes. And oh, wonderful people, it just makes our hearts sing. So when you leave us iTunes comments, yeah, we really do enjoy it. Please leave too. us a We're
0: very appreciative
1: iTunes rating and leave us a comment. And we'll be happy to read it on the show. <laughs>
0: Yeah, thank you you guys for all your support and all the nice things you had to say about um, our podcast. It really keeps us going and and offers us a lot of motivation.
1: You can contact us either through the webpage or Facebook and or maybe smoke signals or send us a carrier <laughs> chicken. Train your chicken <laughs> to come find us and bring us a message you can send us pictures of yourself and your chickens. I think that that is one of my favorite things about doing this show is when people do that. Yeah, Happy people with happy chickens. It's so awesome. And, uh, at your discretion, we'd be happy to share those with the audience as well. Um, so please contact us directly and let us know what you'd like to hear about on the show. If you have specific issues, chicken questions, if you want us to go find strange, obscure, jungle, foul mm-hmm. cults lost in yeah ancient times. Uh, and
0: uh, if you hear of something interesting, pass it my way because I, I often, I don't like to just kind of repeat what I hear online. I find an article that's interesting and I'll kind of explore different aspects of it and research it further and, you know add to it so yeah if you find out something about
1: chickens and you're like wow i'd really like to know more about that but i'm just so busy with everything i was just so busy giving my chickens massages that i can't (laughs) possibly spend time also researching about chickens you can send it to amber who i will then persuade to stop massaging her chickens (laughs) and do research yes (laughs) and we'll find out the. i mean my goodness what was that type of matter
0: Oh, disordered hyperuniformity in the eyes of your chicken. Where else
1: are you going to go for disordered hyperuniformity, but the Twin Beaks Chicken (laughs) Podcast? And where else are you going to find it? Indeed. But in the eyes of a chicken. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Have a good night.
0: (laughs) And now we present to you Chicken by Nancy Cassidy.
1: You can't cluck too much for me Chicken, chicken, i come down off of that tree Chicken, chicken, chicken You can't cluck too much for me C is for the little chick H for the mama hen I, cause I love that bird C 5